I took out a paycheck protection loan and I just paid off a student loan with my paycheck protection loan. I finally paid off a student loan. Now I only have nine more to go. I've been paying about $450 a month for 12 years into my student loans. I would do the math to find out how much I paid in total, but I got a creative writing degree, so I can't. I can't do the math. If I could do the math, I think I'd kill myself. I'm glad I can't do the math. No one needs to know that number, whatever it is. Also, thank Christ, all these awesome people are dying of COVID so I can finally get myself out of debt. God bless them. Also, I feel like I'm finally getting properly thanked for my military service. Because every Veterans Day, I'll get thanked for my service by somebody, and I'm like, you know, if you're really that grateful, I've pretty much been crippled by these student loans for a decade. And I know everyone thinks that you join the military and uh, then you go to college for free, because that's kind of how I was sold on the whole sign your life away idea. Um, and I'm definitely guilty of being a naive 17-year-old, 18-year-old, and believing Uncle Sam's propaganda posters. But it turns out that college isn't actually free just because you wore a uniform. You know, you get some financial assistance, sure, but college tuition went up over 500% while I was in the Army. So that $50,000 of college money I signed up for in 1994, which seemed like a lot, in 1994, it really only covered about half of my degree by the time I got my master's in 2008. And uh, I don't even want to get into the cost of living expenses I incurred, you know, like rents and gas and groceries. And even though I worked part time while going to school full time, I still ended up about 50K in the hole to Sally Mae. And uh, also, I graduated in 2008 when no one was hiring for anything. So you're welcome. You're welcome for my service, I guess. I mean, a crisp $20 bill would really demonstrate how grateful you feel about my my nebulous service. Whatever that was. What, the fu- what do you mean, my service? If I'm people who, uh, who thank you for your service, they have no idea <laughs> what you did. I mean, really, the majority of the time, I just smoked a lot of cigarettes that was the bulk of my service uh i got shot at a couple times sure but you know you know a couple rockets came my way but mostly (laughs) it's just smoking cigarettes so that's my move now when someone thanks me for my service it's you're welcome now give me twenty dollars no then shut your mouth how about this Don't pretend to give a shit about my service, and I won't pretend I did it for you, because I did it 
for the pussy. That sweet, sweet army pussy. Really, I joined the army because uh, I was a loser and a sucker. Because Trump is right. Maybe Trump wasn't right, but um, he's not wrong. Presently, I don't know when anybody's listening to this, you know, they may find this 10 years from now. So uh, big news over the weekend is uh, in an article in The Atlantic. Uh, Trump reportedly said by anonymous sources that um, he was at Arlington National Cemetery looking at some World War One, you know, graves and then referred to them as losers and suckers. And uh, it's a big to-do in the lefty world. I kind of find it funny because it's like, is it, who is undecided? <laughs> it's kind of every election. It's like, who are these swing voters? Uh, it's kind of like, yeah, the, the, the cult of Trump isn't, you know, they're not going to abandon him. I guess, you know, a bunch of people voted for him because they didn't like Hillary. Um, or maybe because they were sexist. But, uh, yeah, Hillary's not the opponent now. So it's it's middle of the road, you know, establishment, neoliberal, which uh, is very pro-corporate, pro-business. So everybody who kind of didn't like Hillary... Although she was that too. Yeah. Mostly they hated her emails. I don't know about Biden's emails. None of have come out about Biden's emails. So I think he's, you know, I think he's good. But we'll see. We'll see. I think a lot of white people uh, who don't live in cities are are scared of the footage of the protests. Um, I live in the city. Protests all the time. Uh, they're not scary. <laughs> they're not. I have yet to see a broken window. Um, so, yeah. Who is undecided? I don't know at this point. Um, but now it's uh, it's an attack on Trump to get people to not vote for him. Um, as I guess, I don't know, we need more ammo. I don't know. Also, um, I mean, the people crying about it never served in their life. So I kind of like, I, I kind of, when, when Trump says something crazy, um, I mean, well, one, I enjoy it cause I enjoy everybody freaking out about it. Also, um, I try to. I try to have some empathy and like put myself in Trump's shoes and and sort of try to imagine a scenario where one of his ridiculous statements could possibly make sense or like try to provide context, you know, because there is no context of this. It's basically it's not like we have a full transcript of whatever the conversation was. So I don't doubt that he said that. I'm sure he did. Um, I'm sure he said veterans were 
suckers and losers. Um, but I'm interested in the context because again, as a veteran, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. That's, that's how they get you to join. They, they really sucker you into it or you sucker yourself into it. Um, but that's kind of how America is. We're all suckers. So it's not like, you know, as a veteran, I'm, I'm more of a loser or a sucker than, than most anybody else. It's just, you know, when you're kind of don't have many opportunities, you know, you're kind of a loser, quote unquote, you know, it's not my fault. It's not most people's faults. It's, you know, I was born, you know, lower middle class, white kid. My parents didn't have any money to send me to college. I didn't really have any options for post high school. I mean, I had the grades to get into the college, but, you know, no, I was kind of in that point where my parents had made just enough money so that I couldn't get any financial aid. Because it was a little different back in the night. I guess it changed by the time I got out of the military where anybody can get any student loan. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll throw money at you. But when I was ready to go to college, like you kind of had to have a fight, like a financial need um, to get a loan. They were, it was a little more picky about who could get a student loan or anything. Um, so I didn't really qualify for, for any, not really government loans. Um, you know, and I was averse to debt because my parents had a lot of debt and I didn't want to go down that road. So, um, yeah, and my parents have both been in the army. It's familiar to me. I knew I was a sucker. That, see, that's the thing is it's not like I had no idea that, uh, you know, the military is, is going to try to brainwash you to, to get you to serve their interests. Like I knew that going in most people, if you're of average intelligence, at least, you know, that going in and you take steps to protect yourself because it is, does provide opportunities. Um, if you're smart about it, you know, it takes a little bit of planning. Um, a lot of people disjoin and they let's, that's the best of a lot of shitty options. And, uh, they're grateful because <laughs> it gets them out of like some really, they get like their teeth fixed. <laughs> That's a good deal for a lot of people. There's no way you're going to get your teeth fixed without, you know, a little good old fashioned socialized medicine. Um, yeah. So losers basically, uh, if you're a guy like Trump, um, so he's not, wrong especially from his perspective because he was born a millionaire inherited hundreds of millions of dollars his whole world is the acquisition acquisition of wealth and power and he has no concept of any other way of life or how anybody who wasn't born a millionaire could possibly get along in life or get along in America. He has no no concept of that. No concept that's completely beyond his his scope of understanding. He has no model to base that off of. 
So yeah, we're suckers, but it's fine because we're not unique. It's not like we couldn't do anything else. It's that that was the best option. And you use that to join the military because it can provide some opportunities that you can take advantage of with a little bit of planning so that you set yourself up to not be so much of a loser as when you get out. So you can be just a regular loser like everybody else who didn't have to join the military. Because America is kind of based on losers and suckers. That's, that's how the whole system runs. That's how college runs. Like if you went to college, you're a sucker. I'm a double sucker. I joined the military and then I went to college. I joined the military to get some money to go to college because I didn't have the money to go to college and I couldn't even get really any loans to go to college. So basically, I was such a loser and a sucker, I had to join the military just to get the opportunity to put myself in debt to get an education. That's a double whammy, double whammy, loser and sucker. Just so I could be at the same level as most of the rest of the college educated losers and suckers in America. If you went to college, you're a sucker. If you're paying full tuition to go to college on Zoom this semester, you are really a sucker. Drop out, get your money back. I think it's I think you still have until October maybe to get to get your tuition refunded maybe. I don't know how that works, but if you can, do it and take the year off. Or not, cuz what the fuck else are you going to do? I mean, we do have to participate in civilization using the options available to us. And if that makes us losers and suckers, it's really not unique to America. It's just how civilization runs. Really, everyone is a loser and a sucker unless you're a billionaire and you're at the top of the loser slash sucker pyramid scheme or if you were a hunter-gatherer 40,000 years ago. As soon as civilization started, as soon as we started planting those first little wheat fields, that was the invention of the loser-sucker Ponzi scheme. Like, life as a hunter-gatherer is pretty good. You don't have to, I know there's this kind of misconception that, like, cavemen worked really hard and they hardly ate anything, and they had like super rock hard abs and could do CrossFit all day. But that's not really the case. <laughs> like hunting and gathering was a pretty easy job. Maybe once a week, you get to go out with the boys on a big hunt and you bring down a buffalo, and then the rest of your week is fucking chill. And the women will go out and like maybe they'll catch rabbits or maybe they'll, uh, maybe they go hunting. I don't know. There's more evidence that the women participated in hunting more. That's cool. You gather some berries, you gather some leaves. Pretty much all your basic needs are met and you spend most of your day like playing with the kids and then, I don't know, whittling like a flute out of a mammoth bone for the, uh, for the feast you're going to have that night. 
And sometimes it can be hard, you know, if you get cut, you get an infection, you don't really have access to antibiotics, but hunter-gatherers did have like a wealth of knowledge of like plant remedies that they passed down. So, you know, I don't know how much of a factor that was. They had crazy awesome super biomes or microbiomes. So who knows? It wasn't the rough life that we've been led to 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 believe. Mostly you like you eat lots of grass-fed organic food and then um you make beads most of the day. You're just sitting around making puka shell necklaces and busting balls and that's the life of a caveman. And then, you know, if you're living in a cold area, you're living in Ice Age Europe, you know, you got to prep for the winter. And that's where civilization peaked its, its ugly little head, you know, because there are hard times. Maybe you have a drought. Maybe the sea levels rise a bit. Maybe a hurricane comes through. And then you're like, I should save up for the future. Let me plant some of these seeds. down. Let me just put a little corral around these goats just so I have like a you know, a little more stable, a little more secure source of sustenance. And then once you get a little extra stored away, once you get a little bit bit of savings in the bank, then comes the tax man. Then comes the guy in charge saying, hey, I see you got a little extra there. I'm going to have to tax that. Then you got a fucking, then you got some dude, maybe he's the best flute player in your little tribe. And he decides, hey, I don't like all this hunting bullshit. I'm just going to play my flute full time. And if you guys want to enjoy my super awesome mammoth bone flute playing, you guys got to pay me. You you guys got to pay me in puka shells and virgins. I'm not doing any. I'm not doing any gathering. I'm not doing any hunting. I'm going to be the full time fucking flute player and then you got the guy who makes the spears he makes the best flint-headed spears and he says you know what i'm not into hunting or gathering either i'm just gonna make spears all day you guys who want to do the hunting you got to pay me in some meat and then you have a stratified economy and the people doing the actual work get less and less of their profits and the guy who was saving away a little extra, saving away some wheat for the winter, trying to keep the, the rats away from it. Then you got the fucking priest comes and says, hey, if you want to make it to the afterlife, I'm not doing any. I'm not doing any farming. I'm not doing any hunting. I'm not doing any gathering. You got a tithe, bitch. You got to send me a tithe. Otherwise, you're going to caveman hell, which is probably a lot like an office it's probably like caveman hell would be like working at google with scheduled nap times and beanbag chairs that's caveman hell and then you get the beginnings of the loser slash sucker pyramid scheme and of course you need soldiers you need soldiers to protect what you got from the other tribes That's how it all starts. We're all losers. We're all suckers. I'm a double loser and a sucker. So was Trump right? No. (laughs) And yes, he's kind of right. Also, he should have kept his fucking mouth shut. (laughs)
<laughs> you can't say that shit as president. What does he think? You can't acknowledge. You, you can't acknowledge the futility and absurdity of the system. Not when you're the leader of, not when you're the elected leader of the system. You got to keep that fiction going. You got to keep that illusion going. If you want to get reelected. I mean, it would be really funny if he does get another term in spite of all of this. <laughs> if, if nothing that comes out of his mouth matters. I'm, uh, I'm prepared for that. We're all suckers, but we have options as suckers. It's inescapable. We're all losers. We're all suckers. Um, how do you live with it? Option one, just take a big old gulp of that Kool-Aid and commit to the cult. Don't worry your pretty little head over who's making you a sucker and how they're getting away with it and how they're profiting from it. Just keep your head down Stay in your lane and appreciate the occasional treat that your master throws your way. That's really the best option because the older I get, the more I appreciate ignorance. Like I've got enough bullshit in my head by now. I I don't need I don't need to peek behind the curtain anymore. <laughs> I've seen enough of how this fucking clock works i've seen the gears i don't need to keep digging down layers the other option which is the option i've kind of chosen it's kind of like you don't really get to choose these options you just have to accept the one you don't really have free will in this i i can't drink the kool-aid like my personality won't let me it sounds kind of nice like it sounds refreshing just to not worry about it and just enjoy what I can out of life. But I don't know, whatever, whatever is in my personality won't let me do that. So what I've sort of accepted is that I've accepted I'm a sucker. It's just, I've just made a conscious effort to accept that I'm a loser and a sucker, just like everyone else. And now knowing that, I can be observant and aware of opportunities to profit when they appear and they will appear. So I try to be prepared for them because just because we're all suckers, it doesn't mean we can't enjoy life and doesn't mean you can't have any ambitions. It can't mean you can't, it doesn't mean you can't realize your dreams. The people taking advantage of us, they're not omnipotent. They're not omniscient. They're not omnipresent. Most of them are fucking idiots like Trump. As much as they would like to control everything, they're at the mercy of the mob and the mob is us. Sure, maybe they'll trick us with a shiny new Super Bowl ad. Or maybe we'll all collectively decide that the new Pepsi commercial is racist. Or the new Gillette ad is a weak attempt by a failing corporation to monetize the Me Too movement and boost their brand. If you're not a billionaire, you're a sucker because that's how America works. All of our major media is driven by advertising. And advertising is the craft 
or I wouldn't call it an art. Uh, I wouldn't call it a science. It's kind of, it's like a pseudoscience, but it is effective. It kind of cherry picks from whatever it can to be as effective as it is. Um, so let's call it the pseudoscience of suckering us into buying shit. That's what America is based on. Really, the world is capitalist now. So that's how the world is. It suckers us into buying shit. That's what keeps things going. And we're the suckers in that. (laughs) We're the one giving our money away for whatever bullshit they tell us that we need. Or we or convince us that we want, but when we have difficulty justifying to ourselves the shit we want to buy, like when there's a recession on, like now, the world's economy takes a nosedive because as much as we are suckers, you know we have to. We have to meet our basic needs first before we can indulge our desires. But really, even even billionaires are suckers. I mean, they're guilty of it, too. Trump owns a Boeing 757, like a custom 757. What the fuck? Why? No one needs that. I don't care how much money you have or how important you think you are. Nobody needs that. Maybe you'd be able to justify like a small private plane. Maybe, but nobody needs a fucking 757. Someone suckered Trump into buying that goddamn thing. Someone tricked it out, put a stripper pole in it, made it nice and shiny, gave it a gold toilet... Because they knew that's what would sucker Trump into buying this fucking thing. Elon Musk thinks he's going to colonize Mars, for fuck's sake. And he's probably my favorite billionaire because he actually makes shit. He invents shit. But he's not getting us to Mars. Hopefully, he'll invent some cool shit in the attempt to get us to Mars. But someone suckered in it, suckered him into thinking that, you know, Mars is a viable option once we ruin the Earth. But of course, if we could make Mars livable, we can make the Earth livable. It'd be a lot cheaper. But that's fine. I want him to be. I want him to think that he can get us to Mars, because it's fun. Warren Buffett eats at fucking McDonald's. Anyone who eats at McDonald's is a fucking sucker. Even Warren Buffett. I'm sure he's convinced himself that that makes him more, I don't know, personable. And uh, maybe when the mob wants to tear down some ivory towers, his will be protected because he's got like some golden arches at the bottom of it. And maybe he's right, but also he's a sucker (laughs) for eating at McDonald's. It's not good. McDonald's is kind of the, it's kind McDonald's, I would say, is a science of somehow getting all of us to crave horribly shitty food. 
and the mental gymnastics we go through to, to justify it to ourselves when we eat there. Even Warren Buffett falls for it. Oh, you know, it's I'm going to take my grandkids and uh, we're going to just have a little family time at McDonald's. Yeah, he got suckered too. Billionaires can be suckers. I think that might be why I don't like people thanking me for my service. Like, it's kind of... It's kind of acknowledging that I was a sucker <laughs> for joining. <laughs> and again, if I had the ability to, you know, go back in time and not do it again, like I would still do it. It was still the best option I had. Like, given what I know now, it's like, yeah, I made the best choice I could. But thanking me for, I don't know, what else would I have done? Work at Walmart? Work at McDonald's? <laughs> like, like, why are you thanking me for choosing the best of a bunch of shitty options? It's kind of uh, slow, like, uh, patronizing. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, it's kind of pat like, oh, thank you. Thank you for your, like, I didn't do a service for you <laughs> go fuck yourself sort of like it's very like pat you on the head like oh yeah that's tough thank you thank you shut the fuck up you're not grateful and if i don't know if you meet a veteran who thinks you should be grateful he's a fucking asshole nobody did it for you and if they haven't realized that about themselves that that they you know weren't kind of a sucker they need to do a little more self-reflection so you know not defending <laughs> trump i just it's a fun exercise you should try it sometime like imagine there is a context for what he says it's a fun game i like to play with myself like why would you why would you thank me for my service like you have no idea what I did. What if I killed a baby? What if I had like fucked up and called it an airstrike on a wedding? You don't know what you think it before. Some people did. Some people did accidentally bomb a wedding. You don't know who did. Usually that sort of thing is a team effort. It's not like one person's responsible. Everybody gets to share the blame in that one. So now, by thanking me, you're complicit in whatever war crimes I may or may have not allegedly committed. I did not, in fact, kill any babies, but you didn't know that when you thanked me. So now you're a party to imaginary infanticide. I did bomb a wedding, though. Like, sort of. You know, it wasn't really me. It was the pilot. She dropped the bomb. I just pointed the laser. And uh, I am not sorry. I am not sorry one bit. And not because I'm racist or Islamophobic. I just don't believe in the institution of marriage. 
So I'm glad I put a stop to it before two promising young people ruin their lives. Don't get so caught up in outcomes. It's people's intentions that matter. I mean, girls in Afghanistan should be going to school and building robots, not getting married and cranking out babies and supporting the patriarchy. We need more Afghani girls in STEM. Or maybe not. I think I read that STEM is racist now. I think because like science and technology and engineering and mathematics were invented by white men to colonize the rest of the world. So maybe Afghani girls should just get married and not learn to read. Also, I never actually bombed a wedding. I made that up. I made it up so I could cast a woman in the role of the pilot to prove I'm a feminist. I have gotten bombed at a bunch of weddings, but everybody survived physically, if not always emotionally. So don't cancel me on my inactive Twitter account, because one day I might actually post something on Twitter. I'd like to have that option. I got, uh, I got asked if I believed in God last week by a Jesus lady, but you know, she's a nice, sweet Jesus lady. Some Jesus ladies are like, Jesus is going to come back with a sword and take all the good Christians to glory and kill all the Jews and Islamic Arabians. My parents are atheists, so I only went to church for weddings, basically. Um, but from what I understand, Jesus was not really into swords. I think, like, plowshares and fish were more his thing. I'm pretty sure if Jesus did come back, some NRA-type Kyle Rittenhouse daily caller subscriber would think he was Antifa and shoot Jesus in the face. But this particular Jesus lady isn't like that. She's more like a camp counselor for troubled youth. You know, just kind of sit around the fire with a guitar and sing songs and talk about your feelings. You know, that kind of Jesus lady. And uh, I was describing, she's like a client of mine, I'm fixing her back. And uh, I was describing the architecture of the spine to her because some idiot fucking yoga instructor told her that she had to straighten out her lower back and naturally that fucked up her back. So I, I guess I kind of mansplained to her. I'm sorry. Um, I mansplained that her spine, your spine, my spine, everybody's spine, it's supposed to be curved because curved is stronger than straight. Like the strongest part of an arch is the keystone at the top because the sides of the arch push in and provide pressure and stability. So each of your vertebra in the spine is shaped like a keystone, every one, so that every vertebra simultaneously gives and receives stability and support to its neighbors. It's architecturally stronger being curved than it would be straight. And I explained this to her and unprompted by me, she said, 
that that's proof of a super intelligent creator, you know, basically intelligent design. Um, and I said that that is an understandable conclusion, which was my way of uh, not engaging, kind of, you know, kind of trying to shut down the debate that I knew she wanted to get into. You know, like a diplomatic, non-committal response and a pretty generous one, I thought. You know, that's an understandable conclusion. You know, I can see how you would arrive at that idea because a spine is pretty cool. You know, if you strip away all the blood and guts and everything and it's like, you know, once you understand like how it all fits together, it is pretty cool. It's pretty, yeah. It's nice. It's kind of an elegant, elegant construction. Um, but that elegant architecture of the spine isn't in itself proof of anything. You know, it is what it is. But this is the problem with religion. And I mean all religions. I'm I'm including like political and economic systems like capitalism, communism, liberalism, conservatism, even atheism. These are all, you know, what I call religions. Lots of atheists are guilty of this too. It's that they can't leave other people the fuck alone. Like like the jackass that got himself killed on uh Sentinel Islands. At an island off the coast of India where, I don't know, they don't even know how many people live there. It might only be like 40. You know, there's like a, a little tribe of hunter-gatherers that uh, kills anybody who sets foot on shore because they don't want to get smallpox. I don't know if they know what smallpox is, but they know that all their neighboring islands got wiped out by disease as soon as fucking... Not even like white people, like Indian, you know, Indian um, anthropologists like have tried to go there too. Um, really, I think it belongs to India, so I think it's mostly Indians who try to go there because, like, apparently the Indian military wants to turn all those islands into basically like uh, air bases, you know, so they can uh, kind of compete with China militarily. They'll, those little islands will be like unsinkable. Uh, what do you call it? aircraft carriers? So, yeah. So I'm sure lots of white people have gone and tried to make contact, but uh, it's mostly you know Indians too. Indian scientists want you know because they're curious. They're like, ooh, this untouched, like jungle tribe. <laughs> and uh, I guess so far they've managed to leave them alone. But this tribe is like pretty smart. Anybody steps foot on shore, they put an arrow through you. And then they bury you. Like, get your fucking smallpox out of here. We don't need corona on our island. Um, but that's that would be religion. So this guy, the uh, the missionary kid, wanted to convert, you know, these people on the island to Christianity. But all the surrounding islands were also pretty remote uh, and had indigenous tribes on them. And some of those islands were, you know, the missionaries weren't Christian. The missionaries were just capitalist. And they came in and like, look, we can give you like shiny toys and TV and we can teach you how to read. And, you know, because we want to 
we want to give you the gifts of civilization, which always seems to fail. <laughs> Definitely since the, the colonizing of America, like it, it didn't help the Native Americans at all. They kind of didn't want it. They rejected it. They're like, we don't want your fucking horse and buggy shit. Like, give, it the, give us the horse. Yeah, we like that. But we don't want a town. Your towns are dirty as fuck. You have, like, shit rotting in your streets. We don't want that life. So it doesn't have to be necessarily religious. But this particular instance was more religious than, say, capitalism. Uh, atheists do it, too. My mother loves to do it. She loves to try to convert people to atheism. Ironically, everyone thinks, here's the problem. Everyone thinks they have a fucking secret and that somehow that secret has been denied to everyone else. So they've got to spread the gospel. They got to spread the Jesus gospel. They got to spread the capitalism gospel. They got to spread the woke gospel. Richard Dawkins and uh, that's what my mother, you know, Richard Dawkins and Chris Hitchens are kind of famous atheists. You know, you watch a YouTube video with Chris Hitchens, which is fun to do. And then uh, it's like he gave you a secret. And now it can be a bumper sticker on your car. Am I doing the same thing now? Right now? Probably. I'm probably as big a hypocrite as anybody else. But maybe not, because I'm not really advocating people believe what I believe. I don't give a shit enough about you to care what you care about. I mean, that would be kind of hard since I, I actively work to not believe in anything. Also, I'm not forcing you to listen to me. Like, you chose to press play, and every second that you haven't chosen to press stop probably because you're procrastinating instead of doing something more productive and uh and that's on you you chose to listen to me and you are continuing to choose to keep listening to me don't project your shit onto me <laughs> i'm not suggesting anyone believe anything by all means like tell yourself whatever stories you need to keep at bay the crushing despair that is the cruel joke of consciousness. It's really like mean. <laughs> it's very mean of biology. We're all going to die and we know it. And life has no meaning. It's pretty awful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty it's pretty shitty when you think about it. I'm going to die. I know that I'm going to die. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm living. I don't know why I'm alive. I don't know why I have to die. I don't know any of it. It's pretty fucking awful. <laughs> but I choose to try and embrace it. To live in that. And to not turn away and pretty it, pretty it up with some fantasy that some misty part of my ego will continue on when my sexy-ass body starts to decompose. There's no soul. My consciousness isn't going to continue on. 
I am not going to continue on. I try to embrace that because it's scary. It's very scary. And it's like, it's challenging. And if free will exists, which more and more I'm kind of thinking it really doesn't, which is also kind of depressing and scary. Um, but once you kind of wrap your head around it, it, it starts to become like liberating in its own sense. But if free will does exist, and I do want to believe that it can exist, you know, that we're not just these squishy robots programmed by nature and nurture, you know, that we can kind of, even if only once or twice in a lifetime, like, make a choice uh, that transcends that that transcends my genetic coding and however my parents fucked me up. You know, if I can make a choice that isn't like attributed at all to those factors, if free will exists, then we can really only truly exercise it by rejecting things and stories that make us feel safe, like heaven uh, or reincarnation and also donuts. I mean, there's nothing like a half dozen donuts to, like, make me feel safe. But I got to reject those fucking donuts. Because they're not good for me. The concept of heaven is like a donut. It's not good for you. It's just a lie. But if you want to eat donuts, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to tell you not to eat donuts. I'm not going to tell you cigarettes are bad for you. I assume you're a grown-up and you have access to the same information I have. And you've made a choice. You made a choice to keep smoking because it gets you through the day. I get that. Sometimes getting through the day is fucking hard. So is the concept of free will also a story designed to make us feel safe? Possibly. I'm trying to prepare myself for that. That's the uh, free will is the liberal humanist dogma. And liberal humanist dogma is also kind of a religion. Free will is a big part of that. So if I'm rejecting all stories, all fictions, then uh, I kind of have to reconcile with free will may not be real. Because there's nothing any neurologist has, has found that, you know, has any bearing on the concept of free will. But it makes up, you know, America was based on the concept of free will. America is based on the concept of free will and uh, profiting off of all the suckers and losers, which seem mutually exclusive. That's interesting. Our economy is based on hacking everyone's free will to get them to buy shit they don't need. But our constitution is based on the concept of free will. Our whole legal system is based on the concept of free will. Of your own free will, you chose to murder someone. 
And there is, you know, I guess in TV and movies, there's such a thing as temporary insanity where you were not able to exercise your free will. I think I remember reading somewhere somewhere that that is never actually <laughs> that is never actually successful if you try to use that temporary insanity defense. Judges are like, no, nah, get out of here with that shit. Free will is free will. You chose to murder that person. <clears throat> but who knows? Is there free will? Maybe. I like to think that there is free will, but we rarely exercise it, and it's really difficult to do. So not eating a donut, <laughs> I think, might be might be a glimpse into what free will is actually like, if you can resist that donut. But sometimes, you know, I think mostly I'll not eat a donut because I'll feel worse afterwards. So is that free will? I don't know. I'm sort of... You know, I'm weighing my uh, my momentary pleasure f against later hatred of myself. And if the hatred of myself is worse for me than not having the donut, I don't know if that's free will either. But it's close. It's getting close. At least, I think, delaying gratification might be the most free will I actually exercise. Like, I'm going to eat that donut, but I'm going to wait three days. That's what I usually do. I'm like, I really want that donut, but how about, it's Wednesday now, how about Sunday? I'll wait till Sunday, and then I'll have a donut. And then more often than not, on Sunday, I don't actually get the donut, but I might. I'll delay that gratification. I don't know that that's actually free will, but I think that's getting close. I'm trying to prepare myself for that, for there not being any free will. So anyway, that's the liberal humanist dogma. Life has no meaning, so it's up to us as individuals to create our own meaning. You know, it's the rejection of basically Christianity. Um... And then we're coming to terms with our own. We're creating our own stories, basically. Create our own stories just to get us through the day. But that's also just a story. I think that's why most, like, city liberals have kids. I think they get tired of constantly creating stories for themselves. So then they'll have a kid. And now they can concentrate on the kid's story. You know, children provide a purpose that way. Now you get to narrate a story for someone else. You basically get to write a children's book with a simple plot and a didactic narrative, which is easier than focusing on your own story. And then at some point, the hero of your new story tells you to fuck off and mind your business. As all children should, unless somehow you succeeded in raising a little bitch-ass cuck, and then you just have a fucking shitty kid who can't think for themselves. 
But then again, if there's no free will, are we really thinking for ourselves? I did not tell any of this to the nice Jesus lady. I watered I watered it down a bit. She said, the spine is evidence of intelligence design. I, uh, I dissembled a little bit. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's, that's, that's one conclusion. And immediately she goes, well, what else could it be? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get into this talk with you. I'm not, <laughs> this isn't how I want to spend the hour. While I'm trying to fix your back here. I mean, if actually what I should have said, I just thought of that. If, if God was so smart when he made your spine, like, why do I have to fix it now? Like, why does it need a tune up? I mean, do I have to explain, do I really have to explain evolution to you? Like, I know you're into Jesus, but. Surely you are familiar with the concepts, even if you reject it. Like, you know what else it could be. I don't want to have to argue the Darwin's theory of evolution to you. Uh, also, I love how easily people challenge evolution, but no one without a PhD, like, goes on YouTube and says the theory of general relativity is bullshit. Like... I'm I'm sure, you know, I haven't really watched a QAnon video, but I'm sure a QAnon flat slash hollow earther is like inadvertently saying relativity is bullshit. And, but they don't know that's what they're doing. I can't imagine that they're saying Einstein's equals MC squared is bullshit. You know, even though if you say the earth is flat, you are saying it is bullshit, but they don't know that, you know, they, they don't know that's what they're doing because they think the fucking earth is flat. Of course they don't know that's what they're doing or they think it's hollow. I don't know how that works. I wonder if there's anyone out there saying the earth is flat and hollow. That'd be pretty awesome. Like, like the earth is a pizza box. Maybe there's pizza inside the earth. Now I want pizza. Fuck that. I'm going to have to exercise some free will. And not have pizza tonight. So people would like, you know, if you have a PhD, if you're a Neil deGrasse Tyson, maybe you challenge both, you know, you'll challenge theories all the time with kind of with the intention of confirming them. You know, like any argument should be, you're just playing devil's advocate, you know, or possibly like some genius might clarify or add to the theories in some way, kind of like illuminating an angle no one else has thought of or showing that the theory also confirms another theory like but both are both are scientific theories which is a big deal evolution carries the same weight as relativity but i never hear anyone saying relativity is bullshit no one ever says like there's no such thing as general relativity because of god but they'll definitely say that with evolution even though evolution is pretty self-evident. All you have to do is look at a dog and you get a basic grasp of how evolution works. Look at a fucking multi-poo and then realize like, oh, 10,000 years ago, that was a wolf and that 
is how evolution works. It's just evolution guided by people. So it didn't take a million years. We could kind of, you know, with selective breeding, do it in 10,000. But that's basically how a spine is created. It just took a couple million years. Or maybe a billion dinosaurs had spines. So, you know, a couple hundred million years. We made a multi-poo in 10,000. But no one, like, you know, relativity, the, the, the theory of general relativity and the theory of special relativity, special relativity, that, like, requires some effort to wrap your head around. Like, you have to know some math and shit. And I don't really understand relativity. I can't say that. I understand it. Like, I can't look at anything in my environment, really, and go, oh, yeah, that's because of relativity. I've read explanations of relativity, and I kind of get it while I'm reading it, and then five minutes later, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And then I got to read it again. But no one, definitely no Jesus people, they don't challenge Einstein. But they love to challenge Darwin. Here's how you reject all these bullshit stories in your life. I'm not saying you should. I'm not trying to get you to. But if you're interested, this is how religion should work. Like, stop fucking... Stop stop trying to force your bullshit on people. But if someone asks, some people need Jesus. A lot of white girls who do yoga that I know, they might need a little Jesus. They got to stop with the fuck. Well, they don't have, you don't have to stop yoga, but don't put all your eggs in that yoga basket because uh, it's not going to answer all the big questions for you. Nothing is really going to answer all the big questions for you. So what I do is don't expect any answers from your questions. Just be comfortable while staring into infinity and not understanding it. And know also that infinity doesn't care whether you understand it or not. Maybe comfortable is the wrong word. Be comfortable with feeling bad. It's okay to feel bad. Feeling bad isn't bad. Staring into infinity is uncomfortable. So be comfortable with discomfort, physically and psychologically. Or don't. I mean, I don't give a shit what you do. Just keep your fucking feelings to yourself, you anxious little bunny rabbits. I am good. I neither need nor want whatever bullshit story you adopted to get you through the day without killing yourself. Your story sucks. The setup is tedious. It's unengaging. Your story doesn't escalate at all. There's no conflict. There's no heart of darkness. And the payoff at the end is fucking boring. That is most people's life stories. I haven't really met one in a while, but I love 
a born again Christian who's like really into their new religion. They're usually very preachy and they're trying to convert everyone around them. But inevitably, you will learn that before they found Jesus, they were into some crazy shit. Something happened that made them grab onto Jesus with both hands. And that's the story I want to hear. I don't want to hear about your love for Jesus. I want to hear about all the gay for pay shit you did to support your meth habit before you found Jesus. I want to hear that heart of darkness. Now, mostly all I hear is like a milk toast version of the opposite. Who's like some white girl who grew up with upper middle class liberal parents who neglected their daughter and they didn't give her any direction. And she just throws herself into yoga and healing crystals. And then she inevitably gets sexually harassed by her yogi because her father never taught her that dudes that teach yoga are usually predators. That girl could have used a little Jesus growing up. Just a little structure as a child. And then when she's able to think for herself, she can reject that structure and create her own. Otherwise, she's going to assume her life story should be a Disney princess and be bitterly disappointed when the universe does not conform to her expectations. So this, uh, I also didn't say any of this to the Jesus lady. I told her, um, I told her I kind of, uh, live my life by kind of, kind of three things. Just the, the knowledge that, um, everything is always constantly changing. And she said, oh yeah, that's true. And then I told her that nothing has any enduring essence. Nothing will ever last. And immediately she goes, oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> and she's not wrong. It can be said. It's also very liberating. It's very freeing. Nothing's going to last. This shitty time isn't going to last. And also it manages your expectations because when you're having a great time or something great is happening, just something a little bit in the back of your mind going, this is great. Also, it's going to end at some time. So be prepared. Don't fall into a fucking spiral when these good times finally come to an end, you know. But enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. And then the third thing, wait, what were the two? I think I tried to do this last week. I always forget my three life things I live by and I can never remember them. <laughs> Everything is always constantly changing. Nothing has any enduring essence. Oh, and nothing is ever completely satisfying. I cherry pick those three things from Buddhism. I really like them. Um, Buddhism is also a religion, kind of. Um, but it's got some good shit in it. Pretty much every religion has some good shit in it. And really, I was almost going to say you should, but I don't care what you do. So you do what you want. But what I do is I read everything I can and cherry pick the things I like. I cherry pick the things I like. Which is what everybody should do. Yeah. Which is basically creating my own story. Taking existing elements, 
rearranging them and then creating my own story, which is uh, what I'm also trying to reject is stories. I don't know. It's fucking hard. <laughs> it's really fucking hard. So this uh, very nice, very sweet Jesus lady asked me, what if you're wrong? <laughs> like, what if you're wrong and uh, I'm right and there is a God? And I, I said, I usually am wrong. I mean, there aren't many times I can think of when I've been indisputably right about something. Most things in life are way too complex, way too nuanced for anyone to be completely in the right about anything. So, yeah, it's a good chance I'm wrong. I'm fine with that. I'm like, what's the... Uh, I, I just told her, what's the difference? I'm going to die either way. Who gives a shit what I believe before then? What could it possibly matter? Oh, I don't get into your dumb heaven? Like, I'm sorry, but when I die, I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to go where you're going. If there's a place we're going, I don't want to go where you're at. Even though you're very nice. I'm like, we're not we're not hanging out after, like, I'm at work right now. We're not hanging out after work. What the fuck makes you think I want to hang out with you when I die? I'm usually wrong. But also, usually, I've been more right than everyone else around me. Not always. Like, I thought there was no way Trump would be president. Um, and I was wrong, like most everyone around me. She also asked me, I thought this was funny. Well, at first, I, she's very nice because in the beginning she says, okay, so I want to ask you something, but I like, I don't... I don't want to offend you. And then I told her, uh, well, I believe that feelings don't matter, especially mine. So you can't hurt my feelings because they don't matter. And then she, she asked me if I felt like I was breathing with only one lung, like spiritually. And immediately I got a tiny bit offended. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then I laughed at myself. I just made a bold statement like, you cannot possibly offend me. And then she asked me, she, basically she asked me if like a piece of me was missing. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. And then uh, I thought of a, one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I did not tell it to her because, you know, she might think it's kind of rude. Um, but it's from uh, Omar Khayyam, who is a... Uh, like an old-timey Persian philosopher from the, like, 11th, 12th century, sometime around there. He's like a mathematician philosopher. I think he invented, you know, some kind of math back then, um, 900 years ago. Also a poet. I'll close with a little, with a little piece um, of his poetry. And do you think that unto such as you... A maggot-minded, starved, fanatic crew God gave a secret and denied it me? I love that bitch. You think God gave you a secret and didn't give it to me? Who the fuck are you? That's some 900-year-old badass shit right there.
And this is also this particular little rant. It's not about the people who say believe what I believe or you're going to burn. She didn't say that. She's a nice Jesus lady. She didn't say I was going to go to hell. She was more concerned with me not getting, I don't know, the most out of life. She kept talking about, and it's very Christian. She kept talking about like physical, psychological, and spiritual, you know, the three, the rule of three. She's got the Holy Trinity in there. And I was like, yeah, physical, psychological. There's no such thing as spiritual. There's no spirit. There's no soul. What are you talking about? You're creating a third thing that's not a thing. She didn't really understand that either. But she felt like, you know, I was missing a whole third of life. And maybe she's right. So this isn't about... This isn't about people who say you're going to burn in the hellfire. This is a rant about people with good intentions who can't comprehend how you could possibly derive any joy from life without believing what they believe. So they want to try and fix you. And it's definitely not just Jesus people. It's fucking everybody does this with whatever it is. Fucking vegans do this shit. And my response is just let people go to hell the way they want to.